0: How great would it be if two of us just totally laid out on the other one the entire episode and just let that person... It would be me that would be talking and you guys would just totally lay out on me, but
1: you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I do that pretty much every episode, so.
2: <laughs> it's true. Ladies and gentlemen, make yourself an adult beverage. I am Kent Garrison. I am Brian Gill.
1: And I'm Richard Barden.
2: And this is Mad... About...
1: Movie. Da da, da 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 You sound insane. You like that? Oh, the whole
2: world got crazy! It's, is is it's
1: showtime! That's right. That's right. Mad About Movies is your go-to podcast for everything happening in the world of cinema. We discuss movie news, movie rumors, and movie rumblings, and give you a total podcast experience about everything going on in that world. After that, we break down a movie of the week, and then after that, we give you our bonus recommendations of the week. Brian, this week's movie kind of of the week is. This
0: week we're going to be talking about the TV hit that has just ended, uh, The Office.
1: So, this is a special episode. Yeah. Uh, we're giving you a bonus episode. episode. That we're doing. Bonus. bonus. But we're going to break down uh, The Office, what it meant to us personally, uh, some of our favorite moments and least favorite moments, and uh, what we think of it as a whole. As a show, and uh, this can be a little bonus entertainment for all you loyal listeners out there. We will also have our regular movie podcast of the week uh, that we're going to post at the same time. But this is the bonus episode, and uh, we're really excited to talk about this show that was so impactful in all three of our lives.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, sad day on last Thursday when the when the last one aired. I, yeah, uh, it was really good though. And uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more. I guess we'll go into more spoiler territory a little bit later, but for now, let's just stick to the um, general thoughts. We're not going to do movie news. Uh, let's delay movie news till till our next uh, podcast. So let's just let's just dive in head first uh, into the office, uh, Brian Gill. Uh, I know you are a a huge fan. Um, yeah, I think you're definitely as big a fan as I am. Um, I'm a as big a fan as you can get, I think, uh, this show. Uh, so, uh, start us off with your general thoughts. Uh, how did you get into the show and, uh, and all that? Yeah, I,
0: this is one of the few shows from that time period. Cause I was still, I was still in college when it started. Um, I think that was my first senior year. Um, when, when this show started and, and I didn't watch any TV at that time. I mean, I watched sports center. And uh, and 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 games, and I then I watched Arrested Development. I was the only person that watched Arrested Development in its first uh, initial run, at least in the state of Arkansas, because that's where I was at college. Um, but something about the the, the promos for The, the Office kind of caught my attention. I don't, I really don't know why. Because you go back, I I just got done watching the entire series. I watched episode one through episode 188. I think was the last one over the course of six or eight weeks and that first season really isn't very good um but it was good enough at least for me to to stick around through the first six episodes and I feel like looking back on it you can see in the last the last two episodes of the first season kind of have a little bit a more American style to it and a little more I think in hindsight you can tell that they're slightly breaking away from the British series and and I think that's where it kind of starts to take off. So yeah. I've been a I've been a day one fan uh of of the show and uh like I said I can't say that about most most TV shows at least at the time that that started during that that time period. Um for a long for for a while it was maybe the only show that I was that I was there for Every week, because I didn't have a DVR or a TV, I mean, I had to make sure I was home whenever, whenever it came on, um, and was the I think was the first show that I ever bought on DVD, and, uh, and I don't think I'm alone in that. I think that's a big part of why it was able to stay on the air during the first uh, first couple of seasons because it, it, it didn't do well ratings-wise, but uh, it had great sales on iTunes and on DVD and things like that, which was pretty uh, new. I guess at the time.
2: So, All right, uh, Richard.
1: Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I watched this movie for one reason only. I, I when I was this in show? seventh. I'm sorry. Yeah, the show, I'm just locked in the movie mode. Yeah. Uh, I watched the. Uh, I watched this show from the beginning, kind of like Brian. Um, I was uh, a huge Steve Carell fan as a young lad. Uh, I remember in 2000. I guess I was 14. And uh, the Daily Show did their Indecision 2000, which to me had like a profound impact on me from a comedy standpoint. And I remember watching Carell and Colbert go around and just absolutely destroy people at these uh, Democratic and Republican conventions, and uh, laughing just in my bedroom, like with the TV down low, so you know, like my mom didn't know I was watching it and stuff. (laughs) And uh, and so. I remember that and so I kind of always followed Steve Carell. I had a friend in high school who's actually your cousin Kent Chase and yeah. uh and he was like Mr. Colbert and I was Mr. Carell and they were like I remember in our in our digital video class in high school we would like we had you know you could you could have your own background on your computer when you logged in and mine was a picture of Steve Carell and <laughs> Chase's was a picture of Steve Colbert. So uh nice. When when this show came on, I think I was 18. I I just I had to watch it because of my Uh, Affinity uh, for Steve Carell, who had since left The Daily Show and was kind of uh, just kind of doing some bit parts, you know, obviously Anchorman in 2003 and some other things, but but 40-year-old Virgin had not hit yet when the first season of The Office aired. And anyway, so I I checked it out and I I knew of the English one. I don't know. I don't think I'd seen much of it. Uh, It seems weird because it doesn't seem that long ago, but it was just a lot harder to get hold of things like that. You couldn't just. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, find DVDs of shows as easily, and obviously Netflix had not come around yet. So I knew of the British show. I knew it had won a bunch of Golden Globes and was thought of very highly. Uh, but oftentimes, you know, uh, cultural interpretations, you know, across the coast are not always the best. But I was willing to give it a shot. I honestly didn't like the first season that much when I watched it. Uh, yeah. Now or uh, or even at the time. Uh, but kind of like Brian, I I kind of noticed it was at least at least kind of won me over the last couple of episodes and enough to make me w- watch the beginning of the second season. And to me, seasons two and three are still as good as the show ever got. So yeah, it immediately peaked yeah. and uh, and then stayed very good for some time and then and, and wavered a little bit the last couple of years, but still was still was definitely. Uh, you know, I watched it every week. I've never missed an episode. So that's kind of my, my journey with the show. I think of it kind of, you know, as much as I love Arrested Development, that was such a, a short blip on the radar. The Office is certainly the uh the definitive show of my twenties. Um and so uh definitely grew up with the characters, uh and uh and loved those characters very much. I only thought that they were funny, but they were almost family. I think the show did a great job of really uh building your uh, you know, very almost relationship-oriented uh, feel for the character. So that's my story. Ken, how did you, uh, you get on the office train?
2: Yeah. Um, this show came out right when I graduated uh, high school. Uh, during high school, I was really into um, Seinfeld and the late show with David Letterman, actually. Uh, yep. So those are pretty much the only shows I can say that I watched significantly in high school was like – I would get home from school, do homework, and like hang out with my friends, and then I would go to bed with either watching Seinfeld DVDs or you know late night talk shows. So, um, other than that, like after I graduated high school, I needed a show. Like I'd seen every Seinfeld episode, and I, you know hundreds of times at that point or whatever. So sure. uh, I immediately got attached to The Office. Um, unlike you, Richard, I was not really a fan of Steve Carell at all. Prior to the office, um, I thought he was okay. I I, ha- I hadn't seen his his Daily Show stuff really. Um, it um, my only impressions of him at that point was uh, I guess Bruce Almighty he was in and f- yeah. Uh, uh wh- which one did you say, Anchorman? Uh, Anchorman. Yeah. Anchorman. yeah. yeah. So and those were okay roles. It was very you know I didn't think he was a leading man by any means at that point. You know. But when right. I saw when I saw the office it was so perfectly cast uh to be Steve Carell you know he's mm-hmm. like borderline a, like very good looking male but borderline like not you know and it's just <laughs> like this weird contradiction of just cool and not cool you know the perfect uh the perfect boss the perfect annoying boss it was just uh so so great so funny something i'd never seen before it's kind of like the really the quintessential show of the aughts, you know, uh, yeah. as far as comedy, um, I would say Seinfeld is the nineties, arguably friends, you know, late nineties, but, yeah. um, but this was definitely the show, you know, and I think the, of the development was, is as funny, but it, it's much more of a cult show than, than the office. I think, yeah. uh, the office was definitely approved by the masses. And like you said, man, like. Beginning of season two, season three, season four, even it's just yeah. some of the best TV, really that's ever been that's ever come out, you know. And I'll I'll stand to that opinion yeah, probably as long as I as long as I live. So uh, that's my my introduction. Um, talk talk to me a little bit about uh, some favorite episodes. I know I asked you guys to give me give you your top five, so let's just run through those real quick. Brian, give me your give me your top five episodes. Sure, I yeah. I would echo what you guys say. I think you could pick pretty much any
0: episode from two through four and and say oh that's my favorite episode and I or the best episode and I can't I couldn't argue with it because it's it that's as good as that's as good as sitcom television gets um it's it's just just so good um I did a little post on my on my blog just kind of recapping my experience with The Office and then uh wrote out my top 10 episodes um my number five episode is from season three, episode five, which is called the initiation, yep. um, which is the episode where Dwight takes Ryan on a on a sales call and teaches him the the ropes of of selling uh, paper. And meanwhile, it's pretzel day back at the office, um, <laughs> and which is a classic classic uh, office moment. Um, and Jim is away at. Uh, uh, with Karen at uh, at the other office. And so that's a, I think that's an episode that, that I, for I kind of forgotten how good it is. Um, but going back through and watching the whole series through, it just really uh, caught me as, man, this is just, there's so much that happens in this episode. Um, it could have been, that could have been three episodes, you know, if, if they'd wanted yeah. to, they could have broken that up. And so love that episode. Um, my number four favorite is, i I think it was the episode that made me love the show um and it happened in season two about halfway through. I think it's episode twelve and that one is known as the injury um when michael scott <laughs> uh clamps his foot in a george <laughs> foreman girl and then Rain, uh dwight gets a uh, gets a concussion um i I think that I was right in the midst of of falling in I was probably falling in love with the show at that point and then that episode hit and that was the uh that was the clincher. Um, it's just such a, it's just such a weird, uh, dynamic going on between Michael and, and Dwight. And I feel like it's kind of coming to fruition at that time that Dwight would, (laughs) would forego his own safety, uh, to, to, uh, to be there for Michael who, who has, I mean, like a first degree burn for doing something stupid, you know? Um, right. Just, I, I love that one. Great episode. A lot of fun to watch. Um, The number, my number three favorite episode is from season seven, and that is "Goodbye Michael," which obviously is the uh, the last episode for Michael Scott, in which he he left the office. I uh, I can't I can't think about um, or talk about really that the the scene between Michael and Jim um, when Jim realizes that, that that Michael's leaving that day without getting choked up. It's just such a Yeah, poignant moment and and i think shows very much shows the heart of of the show which is what made it so great for its whole you know entire run um number two favorite is is similar to uh to goodbye michael and that's niagara which is the uh the jim and pam wedding episode um i'm very sentimental about jim and pam i i i love them uh and and if you watch the little the little documentary special that they were, they ran before this final uh, episode, Jenna Fisher talked about people wishing that Jim and Pam were uh, were together in real life. You know, yeah. that Jenna Fisher and John Krasinski were together, and I totally confess I'm a member of that group. I just I love them to death. And there's uh, no
2: way they weren't hooking up behind the scenes. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're they're too perfect together. It's yeah. like it's like they are a couple. You know? Yeah. It's, but that episode was so good just makes me
0: weep anytime i watch it and i think it's a i think that that is a perfect example of how to do event television in a sitcom i think a lot of times the episodes that you look forward to the most on on a sitcom they they don't execute them properly and i i think Niagara is an is an example of how to do that right uh and my my favorite episode is really a collection of episodes and that's the uh the christmas episodes all of them yeah, yeah. um especially two three and nine I would say uh, which is uh, a baby Christmas might be the best episode of the show um, the original Christmas party episode where Michael turns it into a Yankee swap Christmas is is incredible uh, Moroccan Christmas is pretty awkward and great <laughs> yeah. and I really love this last one uh, Dwight Christmas I thought it was uh, a very funny episode it, it kind of opened up the or, or close some doors the right way. Uh, and it's, so I really like that one a lot. So those are my, yeah. I just did on that last one, but I can't differentiate between the
2: one where, the, uh, the episodes. Christmas one where Michael, um, tries to be sexy Santa or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Classy Christmas.
2: Cause, cause yeah. Cause the girl's coming. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, too good. it's too good. It's good
0: stuff. My wife yeah. and I watch those, uh, those Christmas episodes every year while we're, you know, hanging Christmas decorations and, um, and it's, you know, that's, so that's become kind of our, one of our family traditions. And, uh, and it's sad to me, I think almost more than anything else, as far as the office being done is that I won't have another, uh, office Christmas to add to that, uh, to that yeah. tradition.
2: Absolutely. Number one.
1: Yeah, that one's it. Christmas episodes. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Richard.
1: All right. Th- thoughts, uh, okay. thoughts
2: on Brian's picks or oh, very, uh, go ahead.
1: Very sound. Um, very uh, agree with a lot of those episodes. Uh, somehow we missed. We did not have any of the same ones, but the, a lot yeah, of those were mean, in my kind of. Are, mine aren't
2: any of the same ones either. So great. So that's good,
1: good That's good. Yeah. So uh, my number, I'm mine is like I like Brian the very seasons two through through five heavy. Um, but uh, my number five episode is uh, from season five, and it's Michael Scott's Paper Company. Michael Scott Paper Company. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, love that episode. Number four. Uh, is Dinner Party. Yes. Yes. Uh, this is um,
2: a
0: $200 okay. television. <laughs> that's the most, I think that's the most awkward 30 minutes of television ever. Yeah. It's just yeah. so great. But you just, I paced the
1: whole time that first episode. <laughs> just walked around the room. It was just so uncomfortable. Uh, season three. I mean, pardon me. Number three is from season four for me. Uh, Fun Run. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Number two is uh, uh, from season three, Cocktails. And that's the, that part, one? that's the one with uh, at David Wallace's house. Jim and Karen are dating. Oh. There's a party at his house. Directed yeah. by
2: J.J. Abrams.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. A little tactoid for you. And my number one favorite office of all time is the original Dundee's episode. Yes. Yeah. First season
2: okay. two. Yeah. That's yeah. really where, like, when season two came out and that episode was the first one, you're like, okay, that was actually pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. – uh, but this show really hit its stride in season two. Man, it was just so good once it started yeah. to get good, you know? Um, yeah. My number five – Niagara friend,
1: from yeah. season six is also – was also – that's right. Okay. Go ahead. Sure. You go, Kent. All you.
2: Niagara, the wedding episode, yeah. Yeah, that
1: was my honorable mention.
2: Okay. Um it was hard for me to uh narrow it down, but I did. Uh my my honorable mention was Fun Run. Uh, okay. Great. Just such a good episode when Andy's got the nipple chafing uh <laughs> thing going on and yeah. the save the rabies. You know, it was so funny cuz that episode right. didn't really get started until the second half, you know. Yeah. They, there was yeah. no mention of a fun run. There's this whole like hitting her with the car thing. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> just, just too good. Too good. Um so uh, my number four, or actually my number five, is uh, season two, episode eight, uh, performance review. Yes. And um, this was just kind of Michael and Jan at their finest, kind of right after they had hooked up or kissed at Putt-Putt. And um, he's he's got to have a corporate meeting with Jan, but uh, trying not to mention uh, – um, them hooking up or whatever. And it's just her shutting him down over and over and over again. And you really see the vulnerability of Michael Scott there. That was kind of the first episode that made me open my eyes uh, to the series. Number uh, four is Michael Scott Paper Company. Uh, So many physical gags in that episode. So great. Uh, Like when they're cutting the ribbon on uh, on the actual office. Like the scissors don't work, you know, and they're like yeah. giant shears. <laughs> like, yeah. Just so good. And when he's trying to like scoot up to the table with Pam and, and Ryan, he like his chair can't get around the desk because the copier's in the way, you know, just small stuff like that was, was great. Um, number, number three is actually season seven, episode 24, Dwight K. Schrute, acting manager. Okay. And this is the one where Dwight becomes uh, acting manager. Right after Michael leaves and um, shoots a gun in the office. Uh, right. right. Some, Dwight at his best uh, yeah. sometimes. and It was just so good. Uh, number two, uh, season five, episode 19, Golden Ticket. Uh, some of Michael Scott's greatest moments, I think I can say, say that, where he uh, comes up with a golden ticket scheme. And um, puts golden tickets in random boxes, but all the boxes end up going to the same client, and he gets in big trouble and then tries to pawn the idea off on Dwight. Uh, Just incredible writing there. Uh, Number one is uh, season three, episode 18, safety training. uh, Yes. Where uh, Michael tries to commit suicide by jumping off the (laughs) office and onto a bouncy castle. And uh this this episode starts <laughs> off with with Daryl giving them a a tour of the of the warehouse right and Michael just trying to take over the the tour yeah. and everything and yeah. <laughs> trying to dispute all the rules and everything it was just right. that was that was another moment where uh I really 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 got into it um, Right. That That's one was
0: one of my favorite quotes from the entire series when he's yeah. up on the roof. And Don't get just a watermelon. Says, that one's great
2: too, but I love when he just, he's
0: reading from his card, you know, it's Dwight, like you it. slut. Dwight, you ignorant slut. Just <laughs> kills me. Cracks me up every
2: time. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, man, that just shows Dwight and Michael, like, teaming up. They're both so ignorant of the situation, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah. Dwight's dead serious. He's like, gets a bouncy castle. It's much safer. Yes, great decision. <laughs> yes, uh, some some great yes. stuff. Let's talk about some of the just the overall casting of the show. Um, who is your favorite favorite character of the show, Brian? Oh,
0: you know, it's uh, Richard and I. I talked about this, and so I, I Richard, I'm going to steal what you said just to kind of echo um, what we what we talked about in text message form. But I, I think most people uh, or most guys, anyway, you. You gravitate towards Jim, especially early on, um, and you you in in some way, in some ways you want to be Jim. But by the end of it, I don't know how Michael Scott could not be anyone's. I don't know. I I think Michael Scott is is possibly the best sitcom character of all time. And so, for me to choose anybody beyond him would be um, would be disingenuous. Um, despite how much I I love. I love Jim Halpert and how I think for the first, at least the first two seasons, and maybe three, and stretching into four, uh, I was fully a, a Jim Halpert guy, and and it took a while for Michael Scott to to completely sell me on on uh, on who he is as a person. But once you get there, gosh, he's just such a great character.
1: Yeah, Richard. Uh, well, obviously, I mean, I've I've got to choose Nellie. <laughs> Not, yeah. not. No, um I would say I mean Michael, yeah, I, I think Michael definitely is my favorite sitcom character of all time. Yeah. Um I think he's played better. The, the acting level in that character is so the level of difficulty is so high and to make yeah. that character endearing and then to make him incredibly endearing by the end. Yeah. Um his, never won an
2: Emmy for it either. I know. Shh.
1: It's Don't bring unbelievable. Don to. Draper and Michael Scott don't have, don't have Emmys. So yeah, that's cool though. Cause John Cryer has 74. Cause that's yeah. really a tough. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam, Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know, it's time to
2: talk about blue apron. If you haven't tried out blue apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms That's BlueApron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. BlueApron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast.
1: Tough roll. But, uh, yeah, Michael Scott to me is my favorite. I'll try to think of somebody not – of, you know, Michael Scott's the main, uh, yeah, I mean, Dwight, Dwight, Dwight's up there. I, I don't think I like Dwight as much as everyone else did. I mean, I love Dwight, but I feel, I don't really know who I, I didn't
2: feel pick. like they wrote correctly for him enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the few stuff that they did was awesome. You know, like the beat farmer aspect and his whole, like, liking rock and roll, you know, like, mm-hmm. and he <laughs> drive he drove the right car, but like. Majority of the stuff could have been written for any character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, sure. They um but the stuff that made me laugh for Dwight probably made me laugh harder than any
1: than any character. Oh yeah. Like yeah. it was just
2: so classic, so good. The,
1: my favorite moment in the show's history is when they go to uh, is is in branch wars. Yeah. When when they go to uh Karen's branch. And Dwight just screams, "We're gonna move. We're gonna burn Utica to the ground." Yeah. And then Michael, very seriously, goes, "Dwight, Dwight, Dwight, but if you so much as harm one hair on Stanley Hudson's head, yeah, we will burn Utica to the ground." Just really yes. quietly says it in such a yeah. scary way, and you know he means it. Like he will burn that place down. That to me is the funniest, uh, Dwight and Michael. I love
2: it when he. Uh... He, he was the volunteer like security officer, and he would just shut down the office yeah. and conduct, conduct an investigation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So many random times. Uh, oh, my gosh. Right, okay. They,
1: What's your favorite? Who's your favorite character?
2: Uh, um, it's going to have to be Dwight or um, Michael Scott. Yeah. For sure. Um, I, I would say Dwight narrows – I mean edges it out just because I know so many people like him. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I just know so many people that are so awesome, but still so weird. you know what I mean? For being so yeah. so awesome, for being so weird. Um, I, I I love about this show is that you know everybody knows somebody like these people. You know, every yeah. office from now on that you work in, you're going to be comparing them to The Office. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that guy's like Stanley. That guy's like Phyllis. I mean, that lady's like Phyllis. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's like the personalities fit every stereotype of person that you'll meet in an office. You know what I mean? So, totally. Um, and that's part- I think that's part of what's great about the show is is
0: I mean, we all just mentioned our favorite characters. We all we all mentioned Michael Scott in some way or another. But the, some of those side characters uh, are are incredible, and at times, right. at various times, especially later, Andy, in the show, I liked Andy
2: Bernard for a, a long time. Oh, yeah, for a couple of years, Andy was and great. until until um, Michael Scott left. Yeah, they kind of gave him too much responsibility. Right but after, they tried to turn before him. Before that, like, yeah, before that but, he was gold. Yeah,
0: but there's, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of episodes down the stretch of the show that really the only reason that season eight, especially, where the only reason why you can can continue to tune in is because the side characters are so strong. Um, yeah, Creed and Phyllis and Stanley and so on are such excellent. And they're all, you know, I think almost any of them, if you gave them more than the few lines that they get each episode, they'd get old pretty quickly. But they they seem to know, at least with their their, their supporting characters, uh, the role that all those guys need to play. And, and I felt like usually throughout the course of the show lived up to that um, and, and kept it. To where none of them got old and kept the focus where it needed to be but but gave you enough of those guys that you got a, you know, a little treat. I think some of Creed's stuff is some of the funniest stuff on the show. And he has like one line per episode. It, it
2: disappointed me that he didn't have more lines. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, but I, he, he, he didn't even have a line most episodes. Yeah, you know I and mean? I think it's that's like, part
0: of his genius is that yeah. you never know when he's going to pop up and just say something – Totally off the wall, and it just it throws you off, which is and that's what it's supposed to do, and it's great. I think if you had that happening more often, then you you know it starts to lose its the uh spontaneousness of it, you know.
2: Yeah, I like the one where he uh where where Andy puts on the like little business seminar in the office, and Creed comes in there and gives a speech. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just little moments like that where he actually got to say something were so gold, so right. golden, golden, right. golden. Um. Let's talk about the finale episode, um, Brian. You said that you liked a lot of the landmark episodes of The mm-hmm. Office. Um, I liked most of them. I I can't really remember. I, I don't think I liked the, the birth birthing one. Was that yeah, the that, one where Pam was like awkwardly trying to breastfeed her kid the whole yeah, time and like yeah yeah that was kind of weird. Uh, yeah, that, that wasn't a that particularly
0: strong episode. Yeah, I agree. Um,
2: I thought Jim and Pam got married, I mean, very early. I don't know if I should say that because they probably didn't envision the show going as long as it did after that. But, like, after they got married, the show really slowed down, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people people would tune in just to see Jim and Pam, what's going to happen. Are they going to get married, you know what I mean? After that, it was just kind of like watching that couple that always is so in love and posting pictures and – and it's just like, all right, we get it. You're in love. Okay. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, oh, I totally the the show definitely hit a, hit a rough patch here for a while.
0: Well, and I think that, yeah, I, I have no problem with how early they went to the, the wedding. I just think they didn't do a good job of writing Jim and Pam after that. And yeah. once you took the interest away from Jim and Pam, then you got way yeah, That's when way you got more, the
2: Aaron Aaron yeah. Andy thing. Sure, and,
0: uh, and you got more Dwight maybe than you really needed every episode, and I think what you kind of said earlier. Of, I I think maybe they, in their efforts to to beef up his role, maybe they, uh, maybe the writers kind of missed on his his character traits in those season six and season seven.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think they. I just don't think they had a great plan for where to go with Jim and Pam once they got married.
2: Yeah. So let's talk about how they ended this show. How did you? How did you feel that the? Did you feel that the show? I mean, the final episode lived up to the expectation.
1: Yeah, I did.
2: I, I loved it. I, I don't know that it's it was it's not one of my ten favorite episodes
0: of all time. Um, but I felt like it was very fitting and very appropriate to to the show and sent the show off in the in the best way possible. Um, I, you know. See, series finales are tricky. I think, in a lot of ways, many times those are more tricky than even the pilot, which is always a, a rough proposition. But um, to be able to kind of sum up the feelings that not just the not just it's not just summing up the feelings and the events of the characters' lives, but summing up how the audience feels about all these characters and the events that they've gone through and whatnot. And and tying a, a nice tidy bow on that is a is really is a dicey thing to do. Um and I but I felt like they did it very well. I felt like we got closure with every character um that has shown up on the show. Uh and I felt good about how all of them ended. They each you know, some of the side characters got only a few seconds and that's what they deserved, you know, that's what they needed. Um but I, I like being able to see them all right off the, the the right way and feel good about because i do love these characters so much this is i've never yeah. been as invested in a show character wise especially there's like 20 of them or 15 characters that you really care about um and so I, I, maybe it sounds ridiculous but i want to feel good about where those characters are going from here on out you know what i mean and yeah. um and i feel like they gave us that very uh appropriately and satisfactorily
1: Richard, did you see the finale? No, I, I didn't. i <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, uh, it was uh, it was very good. It was the reason I know it was good is because I, I really can't picture it ending any other way. It hit every note I wanted to. I feel like everyone was really resolved. Maybe with the exception of Toby, was the only character that didn't really sure. have like a nice clean ending. Uh, he's in New York writing a book, and then he accepts an invitation to the party, and that's pretty much the last we ever see of him. Um, but uh, other than that, everyone kind of. Had their little moment of of resolution, you know the 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 way it was done, which is how Gervais did the uh, pretty much all of his finales, which is it's kind of removed from the show. Uh, So instead of being a true finale, it's really almost an epilogue. Uh, So you know it's it's a year later, so on and so forth. So uh, that was that was that was a neat way to end it and kind of give some you know a little more space as to where these characters have gone in a year and uh and where they're going so i was very satisfied uh and uh and happy with it i I laughed i cried it was you know it was weird knowing i would never see jim halpert again yeah um or you know some of those other people uh some of them like andy i was happy to hopefully never see again <laughs> uh but uh no it was it was perfect I, I really think i mean it was i don't think you could end that show any other way than, than the way they did
2: I agree it really did do a good job of closure for these characters. I think the last three episodes, specifically the second to last one and the last one, the writing was so great on those episodes that it really yeah. because it had been so bad up to that point that it really um, it shows you that how good the writing is and how good the characters are you know other than Michael Scott. you get emotional about. Even the B characters, you know what I mean? Uh, totally. It, it really did close it out. I think Seinfeld's finale di- got really criticized for not giving us closure on anything. I mean it did a good job rehashing what had happened in the other seasons, you know? Um, yeah. But it didn't close it out. Um, cause it ends literally with them in prison, you know? <laughs> it's like right. uh, how more awkward could you end a, end a show? But um, yeah, it did an awesome, awesome job. It really, um, like I said, it really just brought closure to the to the entire thing. I'm gonna miss the characters. I really am. I'm gonna miss, mm-hmm. you know, this show. Hopefully, hopefully we see these actors, you know, pop up other places. I don't want this to be a show where everyone's a be a be you know be Hollywood actor after this. You know what I mean? I want everyone's careers to take off because I like the I like the characters, but it. it if they don't do anything after this, it'll just prove how good the show is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, and I think you hit on something there. I mean,
0: this is, I think part of what's made The Office so great is that it's uh, that it's somewhat as close to as we get these days with DVRs and everything. It's a, It's been appointment viewing for, for several seasons um, and kind of brought you into this world where you love everything that's happening. You love all the characters. You want to know more and more and more. Um, and to know that that's not going to, you know, the next next fall during, on Thursdays, I'm not going to be able to tune in and, and see what's happening at Dunder Mifflin is is sad. That's a tough. Uh, you know, that's what I was dealing with going through. You know, the the last episode was just thinking of how even though the show hasn't been so great for the last two or three years, um, it's been something that I watched. I still watch it, yeah. And and I never missed an episode, and I never went more. You know, I DVR everything, and there's plenty of stuff that I don't watch for. Maybe two or three weeks even after it has shown, but I, I, I doubt very few times there were, have I gone 24 hours after the, the show uh, was on, that I watched it. you know it was always as quickly as I could. even during season eight, which sucks. Season eight is really bad. Yeah. I still was there every week and made sure that I, I knew it was happening um, at Dunder Mifflin. so
2: yeah. Um, let's talk about a little bit about some of the guest stars on the show. Uh, this show had some amazing guest stars. Uh, James Spader, Will Ferrell, and uh, and some others. Uh, Richard, talk to me about, about the guest stars. I know you're a Spader fan.
1: Oh, I love Spader. I didn't love him as much on the show. I don't think they ever really figured out how to write for him. I think he yeah. actually could have been good. and I thought he was a pretty interesting and, and fun choice, but they never really figured out how to write for him. Yeah. Um, but I don't really throw that at his feet too much. Uh, but, no, I, I loved... It was, you know, Farrell was funny for the couple episodes he did. Um Michael Imperioli was really my favorite <laughs> cameo of all time this yeah. year. Um yeah. There's a bunch of little ones. Keckner was always great. Yeah. Packer. Um and uh, there's there's a few different ones. Uh, uh but uh
2: who was the guy that played Gabe?
1: Oh, I don't know his name, but he was he was terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: He's the creepiest guy. <laughs>
1: Oh, so Idris, Elba. Idris, Idris Elba. Idris Elba was good, yeah. was awesome. Um, oh, no Kathy idea. Bates?
2: Was, I had no idea he was British at that point. He didn't yeah. have <laughs> an American accent. On He's his, so great. As Charles Minor, yeah. yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, Kathy Bates. Um, man, there's just a ton of cool people that popped up short term. Uh, the two new guys they added this year were, you know, almost cameo type roles. They, they had some funny moments. Um, yeah. Just a lot of little side characters. You now Amy Adams was in season one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, what's her name? Who plays Michael's wife? Um, Holly, Amy yeah, Ryan. Amy Ryan also Rashida was a great. Jones. Rashida, Amy Ryan is yeah. so
2: great. Before she was on, um, before she was on Park. Parks and Rec.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Rashida Jones was great. Um, I always kind of I was pretty torn. As much as I love Jim and Pam, I really like Jim and Karen too. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of really great uh, actors that either had already done a lot of neat stuff, which shows the power of that show, um, that they would get a Will Ferrell or somebody like that. But, uh, also some people kind of before they were known, uh, kind of getting their started with a role in the office too. So very A lot cool. of directors,
2: cool a lot of guest directors too on the yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, Brian Cranston did an episode, Joss Whedon, JJ Abrams, uh, just great show that a lot of people wanted to be involved with. Um, any more thoughts on The Office uh, in general before I got one more thing?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll say I I think that it – there are a lot of our listeners out there who probably watched The Office through its first maybe five or maybe even six seasons and then dropped off. And uh, I I think that it's become uh, very cliche even to, to talk crap about the show because it, it didn't age as well as we would have liked it to. Um, and I, I just, I feel like, I feel like those people need to go back and watch it again. I, I hate it. Season eight is an example because I I think season eight is really bad. That's the Spader season. Uh, they tried to make Andy Bernard, Michael Scott. They just didn't have a, a a way to go once Michael left the, left the show. And I think it's not good, but even that season, uh, I just rewatched it, you know, last week and, or maybe the week before and, there's still some value. There's still some funny moments. There's still stuff that jumps out at you and reminds you of why you like the show so much. Um, So I I guess my point is, yeah, it didn't age the way that we would have liked. And and you could make a case that it had six seasons worth of great stuff that was spread out over nine seasons. Um, But I still think that, that uh, to, to bash on it because of a, a down year, especially, um, if you've bailed out on it i guess my point is if you bailed out on it i think that it's worth going back and 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 catching back up with yeah. and and because season 9 was really would you guys agree i felt like season 9 was really good um this latest this, this, season yeah this most recent season i'll have to
2: go back and watch i mean i i've seen all the episodes but i mean once it comes out on yeah. DVD, I'll have, to, I'll have to make that make that judgement but i thought I, it was strong i thought it was towards the end it was definitely yeah, some of the stronger episodes they've had for sure. There's
0: probably an eight or ten episode arc in the middle of season nine that that I there there was a, kind lot of, a lot of quarreling between
2: style. Jim and Pam.
0: Yeah, uh, that got
2: old. Sure, that kind yeah. of got old. Between, yeah, like all right, there's no way they're going to get a divorce at the end. Right. You know, it's like what right. is going on? Uh, uh, but yeah,
0: anyway, I went back. I watched all of season nine this last week. I I got Hulu Plus for a week just so I could I could nice. rewatch everything. Um, and it is it, the first probably eight or ten episodes are, are really strong, and then there and then the last. I really think the last three episodes of the series are you could hold up against um, most of the better episodes of the entire run. So anyway, uh, I I feel like it's it's something that a lot of people bailed out on, and uh, especially with it all being on Netflix and whatnot, it's I I truly believe it's worth going back and, and reinvesting in even if you got burnt out, um, you know, when it stopped being
1: week to week, hilarious.
2: Yeah. Richard, any, any other thoughts?
1: No, I'm, I'm all, I'm, I'm all spent.
2: Um, I wanted to do one more thing That's before we, <laughs> before we, before we talk about, um, before we give weekly we recommends. Uh, one of the things that made the show great was the feuding between, um, Jim and Dwight. A lot of pranks were, were pulled. Uh, I wanna mention my favorite and you guys can mention your favorite. Um I love the when Jim went to Nashua and started sending or Stanford, I should say. Isn't Stanford? Yeah. Yeah, Stanford. Stanford and started sending Dwight faxes from him future self. Uh that was hilarious. Uh Brian, what's your favorite uh Jim prank on Dwight? There's a uh
0: there's an episode in I think season two. Um and I'm trying to find it, and I can't. I can't figure out what the title of it. It's called, but it's it's not just a prank. It's the one where they're going through the complaints that Dwight has filed against against Jim, um, uh-huh. and that's always been one of my favorite one of my favorite episodes, just because they're listing off all these ridiculous things that Jim has done <laughs> to Dwight that we don't even see. And I think that's yeah. part of the genius. like we didn't even see. My favorite is the one where it's just he just says something like the complaint says something like. Uh, Today I hit myself in the face with my phone. And then it cuts to Jim and he says, yeah, I just loaded a nickel into his phone every day until it got so heavy. And then I took out all the nickels. And, uh, but yeah, that's one of my favorite parts of the whole show is uh, is the pranks. And it, I loved how they did that, even in later seasons where they would randomly bring one of those out. And, uh, oh, just so great. Some of the best stuff that they did on
1: that show, for sure.
2: Totally. Richard?
1: Uh wow. Uh, a lot of the stuff in season two and three... That he does to him, I, I'll say Mo. My favorite one ever, though, was probably the one from the finale. The final prank on Dwight was probably my favorite of oh, all time. So
2: great, yeah, it was great. It's very good. You can mention it if you want.
1: Uh, well, when he, <laughs> uh, he tells Michael that he cannot be his, I mean, when he tells Dwight he cannot be his le- best man because he's too, he's younger than Dwight, and they argue, and then he says, "I'm sorry, I can't be there for you," and then, I wish there was something I could do. And Dwight pans over, and there's Michael, the return of Michael Gary Scott.
2: Yes.
0: And he finishes
1: it with, that's what she said. I mean,
0: perfect, perfect shot there.
2: Yeah. The uh, thing Michael says at the end is so great. He's like, (laughs) all my children are grown up and then they married each other. Every parent's dream. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. So funny. Um, Well, like I said, this is my favorite show probably since year 2000. Um, Definitely my favorite comedy. Um, yeah. There is, there's a lot of dramas that are working their way up there in my mind, but it's definitely my favorite show and I'm going to miss it. It's going to be, yeah. I'm excited though for what, what comes next, what show I'm going to get attached to because now I have to go find something. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, yeah. 30 rocks gone too. We should, we should also mention how good that show was. Oh, uh, yes. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but definitely the office is of the quintessential, you know, one camera. Wait, is Mike show. And
1: Molly still on? It Shut is. Up. And Last
2: Man Standing, starring Tim Allen, is also on.
1: And, but, unfortunately, we not only lost... This was a a bad year, and Brian can attest. We lost three great um, NBC sitcoms uh, that were (laughs) iconic in the 2000s. We lost 30 Rock, we lost The Office, and And we, of course... The Community's coming back, but we, of course, lost Whitney. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh... And, I tried uh, three times to can watch the Whitney Can we just, the, the can we just premiere premiere frankly, just moment of a silence and just, just really let Whitney just wash over us? I mean, she's brilliant. Brilliant, okay, brilliant, brilliant. brilliant. Okay. Stop it. You're ruining a good hey, thing. Hey, still, I'm still You're waiting
2: on my water. You're ruining a moment of silence.
1: I know. <laughs> All right. All
2: right. That's enough silence. Paul, yeah, no. No. But I, I agree. That my show bet is me that garbage. That
1: show would not last 13 episodes, and I... I am a cynical person and knew that America would at least let Whitney last two years. And uh, I came out on the right side of history on that one, Brian. I know. I owe you a Whataburger. I think you already gave it to me.
2: Well, let's uh, seek out a sponsorship from Whataburger and move on to weekly recommends, shall we? Sure. Brian Hill. Okay. uh,
0: I've... The only thing that I've been watching lately has been The Office. I, like I said, I, I crammed in 188 episodes in the last six weeks. Um, so I've been very busy doing that. But I did watch uh, a favorite uh, sci fi movie of mine today to uh, prepare for our, our next podcast that we're going to record back to back with this. Um, and I'll just, so I'll, I'll recommend uh, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan which uh, might be the best, certainly the best Star Trek movie from the original group of pre-J.J. Abrams uh, movies. Um, holds up very well. It's on Netflix Instant, so you, anybody can access it. Um, and uh, I would say anybody who's going to go see Star Trek Into Darkness needs to, uh, needs to watch this one, either before or after you see that. Um, it's a great movie and uh, has a great villain um that uh, plays a big part in the star trek universe uh of today caro montavon yeah dude yeah. yeah very shakespearean richard i don't know if you've ever seen the movie but yeah. uh yeah he's for yeah. he's shakespearean it's pretty great
2: he doesn't the love one's the Mont- truly Mont- dead if you can find a way to remember them that's right Fair <laughs> point um richard barden we can recommend
1: well, I I only prepared one weekly recommend. I didn't know we were doing a recommend on this podcast, so I'll just recommend what I just watched and as a teaser for our next podcast, and to go along with Brian, I will recommend Star Trek Into Darkness. Enjoyed right. it immensely. And I can't <laughs> okay. wait to talk it, talk it over with you guys here in about five minutes.
2: Um, I don't want to really think that's a good idea because I don't want to taint the good name of the movie because my review is going gonna, gonna to make headlines. I'll just say that. Okay. Okay. Oh, um, Let's. Uh, is that so? Your Stalker t- Trek into Darkness, Richard? Yes. I want to mention. Uh, we've done. I've done an app. We've done books. We've done TV shows. We've done movies. We've done docs. I yep. would like to mention for the first time an album. Oh. Yeah, a music album for those of you who aren't familiar. All right.
0: Um, I almost actually, went album this week, and then I backed off. So you can go I album like, next
2: week. Um, maybe so. So. This album is also a documentary, and it's also a CD that you can buy. It's, uh, I have it on vinyl, 3LP. It's from Led Zeppelin. It's called Celebration Day, yeah. and it is their reunion concert. That was in 2007 in London. Uh, have you guys seen it?
0: I haven't seen it. It is on my to-get list for sure. I love Zeppelin, so I'm, I'm very stoked to, to get a chance to watch that and listen to it.
1: Uh, Richard. Yes, I have seen it. Pardon me. <laughs> I have seen the O2 concert, yes, but I have not listened to the album. Pardon me.
2: Uh, you can borrow it. It's man, it's so okay. good. It's within the first 10 to. within the first 10 seconds of the album. Uh, you're just like, "Wow, they never went anywhere." You know what I mean? It yeah, sounds enough. like they haven't skipped a beat in 30 years or whatever. No,
1: it's, it's such a great band. Uh, When Giants Walk the Earth is uh I think I've read two or three books on Zeppelin. Uh, that one's my favorite. It's by Mick Wall. If you want to get a little more deep into the whole Zeppelin story, Kent. Uh, when Giants Walk the Earth, Mick Wall.
2: Nice. I I can back that up. Good stuff. If they play all the hits on it. It's definitely worth checking out. John Bonham's son, Jason Bonham is the drummer on it. And he's amazing. Like, if you're not watching it, which I wasn't watching it, I was listening to it. It sounds, I mean, like Led Zeppelin in their heyday. I mean, it's... So yeah. good. It's just they, they haven't really skipped a beat at all. So definitely check it out. Celebration Day from Led Zeppelin. Uh, Brian Gill, let me ask you this. Where can I find you online?
0: Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at bgill12. And you can find my writing at uh, my new website called canbabiesdrinkredbull.com. And I did just put up a, right before the weekend, put up a, a big office send-off. And would love for people to stop by and check it out and uh, leave your feedback.
1: Sweet. Richard. You can find me on Twitter at Richard Bar- uh, at Barton or at RichardBarton.com. Kent, where can I find you?
2: You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. You can email the show at madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, go on iTunes, subscribe. You can also listen on Stitcher Radio on your iOS or Android device. Uh, leave us a review and uh, leave us a tweet, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So, um Anything else you guys want to say before we get out of here?
1: No. Nope. Thank you to the office. Thank you to Greg Daniels and Company right. for uh, for uh, nine great years. Yes. I will thank never you forget you, Michael Scott. I'm sure no. we'll have.
2: Well, I'm sure we'll have this conversation again, and I, l- I look forward to it.
1: That's what she um, said.
2: On that note, <laughs> until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. What? See you later.